0: So this is our last week of our Grave Diggers series. We've been playing in the dirt here at Crossroads. Uh, we've been talking about kind of a key idea and a key verse out of Ephesians. The key idea is that God wants to make you into something new, not some weird Christian robot thing where we all look and act and talk alike, nothing like that. But God wants to make you into the best you possible because he's the one that created you. And he knows you better than you do. We've been talking about a whole lot of different things that we kind of need to take off or get rid of in our lives. We need to bury it and this principle that we can't really just get rid of and bury things without focusing on an opposite virtue, right? So we've got one last one today. Might seem a little strange at first, but just go with us today. Today we want to take off happiness. We want to take off happiness. I'm not going to tell what we're putting on yet, but we're going to take off happiness. Why? I mean, we kind of all know this, right? Like happiness is fleeting. Happiness is, I like to call it subjective well-being. Our pursuit of happiness really postpones more meaningful and more important things in life. Our goal should not necessarily be happy, but meaningful. Did you know that when you Google, does God want the very first suggestion that pops up is me to be happy. It's a question, apparently, a lot of people ask because we have this thing about us where we all just want to be happy. It's our number one pursuit. And sometimes it makes sense. Some, most of the time it doesn't make sense. We just want to be happy. How many times do you hear this? Like, well, I just want them to be happy. Well, I just want to be happy. Well, I hope they're happy. As if that's the number one goal in life, is that, well, I just hope they're happy. What happens when you Google, does God want me to be happy? Does God want you to be happy? Is that anywhere in the Bible? Does it start talking about God says, well, I just want you to be happy. It's not in there. I looked. It's not in there. I mean, God is totally cool with you being happy. He's not like happiness is bad. Be sad all the like. That's not it at all. But God understands something that I don't think we don't. That there's more important and more meaningful things in life than just the pursuit of being happy. Happiness is momentary. It's fleeting. It doesn't really last. And when we focus on happiness, we focus on. God trying to make me happy, what we do is we end up flipping things around and we say that God only exists to make me happy. So then what happens when we're not happy? Well, God must have failed. God has failed me. How dare God? I'm not happy. And so, God, you stink. Then we end up serving the God of comfort instead of Yahweh, the actual true God. I just want him to be happy. How many of you know parents or have known parents that say that about their kids? Why well, I just want my kids to be happy, and then they spend all of the time just trying to make sure their kids are always happy, right? We know those parents. We know those kids. What happens to those kids? They turn out to be spoiled little booties, don't they? Because it's happy, happy, happy all the time. Well, you know what? Sometimes in life, you're not going to be happy. And that's a good thing, right? We know as parents, our job is not to make my kid happy. There's much more important, much more meaningful things that we need to teach our kids. And sometimes we need to be like, yeah, our kids are not happy, and that's a good thing. I think sometimes our Heavenly Father looks at us and thinks the same thing. Our search, our desire, our goal of happiness, I don't think it's ever been stronger. That's all I hear people talk about. You know what else is stronger and higher than ever before? Depression. We're about to enter into Christmas, the most wonderful time of the year where depression rates spike even higher. Why? There's a lot of reasons. not going to try and oversimplify it, but I think part of it is because we're focused on happy, 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 happy instead of focused on. More important things, more meaningful things that I think, as we 'll find out, ironically, actually lead us to happiness. I'll be honest with you guys, this is a message i don't want to give today because i don't want to hear it. We found out some news this weekend that my dad has a mass in his lung uh, So my parents are watching from a hospital right now, waiting to get some results, waiting to get some tests done. It's scary. So I'm totally fine taking off happiness right now because there's not much of that going on. But I don't want to talk about what we're supposed to focus on instead (laughs) because I'm not there. I don't want to hear it. I know I probably need to. I know God's really, 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 really smart. And he probably worked all of this out because I need it today. So sorry. Um, yeah. So bear with me today because it could be rough. What do we do instead? So we're not supposed to focus on happiness. We do. That's what we focus on all of the time. Happy, 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 happy. I don't think we're supposed to. What do we do instead? We take off happiness. What we want to talk about today is we put on gratitude. If you're taking notes, I think that's one of your notes. I don't really remember. Put on gratitude. The Bible talks a lot about gratitude, about being thankful. Uh, So much. Daniel in the lion's den. Why is he in the lion's den? Because he knows that if he prays, he's going to get thrown into a lion's den. What does he do? He says his prayers of thankfulness. When he's there in the blind zone, what does he do? He prays about being thankful. When Jonah is in the belly of a great fish, what does he do? He prays about being thankful. What does Jesus do right before he takes the cross? He thanks his heavenly Father. Mother Teresa would often talk about how grateful she was for the people she was serving. (laughs) The sick and the dying people in the slums of Calcutta, and she's saying that she's the grateful one, she's the lucky one. There's a verse in 1 Thessalonians, a couple verses. Uh, This is probably the earliest letter that Paul wrote, at least the earliest one that we have. Towards the end of it, in in chapter 5, he says this. He says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I can do one of those things right now. Rejoice always? Yikes. Who's good at that one? Rejoice always. Pray constantly? That's hard too, right? How do you constantly pray? Well, I think we have a misunderstanding of what prayer is at times that makes it so we feel like it's impossible but to pray constantly. Other translations say pray without ceasing, never stop praying, and then give thanks in all circumstances. All of them. How? I think these three things are extremely connected. And does this mean that we should never be sad? I really hope not. (laughs) No, I don't think that's what it means at all. The Bible is also very clear that we're to mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep. One of my favorite verses, I was just talking with someone about this this week, is the verse where it just says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. The power in those two words. Rejoice always, thankful in all circumstances, and Jesus wept. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. Those things aren't opposite. Sometimes I think we need to embrace our sadness and embrace the fact that this is a broken and hurting world, and there's a lot of people around us that are broken and hurting, and we just need to sit with them in their grief and just weep with them. If you know the end of that story, Jesus wept because his friend had just died, And then later, Jesus just brings him back to death because he's Jesus. He's like, no, enough of this. You, back to life. But Jesus knew that was going to happen, but he still weeps because his friends are all hurting. Sometimes I think we get this very mixed up and we get what I call toxic positivity where we think we have to just be happy positive all the time and put on our happy face and go, go, go. I don't think that's what this means at all. In Proverbs, it says, even in laughter, the heart may ache The end of joy may be grief. I think what gratitude does is it can help us manage the grief. It can help us manage the sadness in a more healthy way. Because life's not always happy, right? Happiness is based on our circumstances, What's going on around us? The things we really can't control. Those change. We can't control those. You know what doesn't change? God. Circumstances change. God does not change. When we focus on prayer constantly, I I, I love this, this idea. I'm not great at it, but I love this idea of never stopping to pray because it's just kind of this idea that you're having a non-stop conversation with God all day long. Whatever's going on in your life, it's like having your buddy, I don't know if anybody's like me, but I'm like the worst person to sit next to when there's like a big group thing going on. Like you don't want to sit next to me in church or like in a meeting because I'm the guy that's constantly like, like being an idiot. <laughs> this is terrible. That's kind of how I view prayer sometimes. Like, whatever's going on in my day, I've got God, I've got Jesus sitting next to me. I can, can just, we can just sit here and make jokes the whole time. We can just talk about whatever's going on all day long. When you're sitting in a meeting, you've got someone to just crack jokes with. When you're really angry because you pulled up to a roundabout, and we discussed that a couple weeks ago, how awful that is, you've got somebody to be frustrated with. I think prayer constantly doesn't mean that you have to, like, sit, in a dark room with a posture of prayer. That's important too. You also need that part of prayer. But prayer is multifaceted. Prayer is way bigger than we think it is. You need all of these different types of prayer. You need the quiet time where it's just silent and there's nobody else around and you're silent and you listen to what God is telling you. But then you also need throughout the day, just, (laughs) I tell teenagers, it's like just pretend you're texting your best friend all day, but do it in your head and do that to God. I've got a friend I used to work with at a church years ago and he said, (laughs) He said he started doing this when he started driving. He got his job where he had to start driving all around the country. And so he was just like, all right, well, I'm here alone. So he just started talking to God all day long. And he's like, my relationship with God was never better. Like I learned things about God I never knew. Hey, God's got this huge sense of humor because he's cracking jokes back to me. And I'm like, how does that work? I don't really know. But When we pray constantly, we keep our focus on God. When our focus is on God, our focus is no longer on our circumstances, so we're no longer focused on the happiness that our circumstances might bring, and then instead we can focus on being grateful because we're way closer and more connected to God. When we're more thankful because we're more connected to God, I think then we can rejoice that we are more connected to God, and that's how these three things just keep going in this circle where they're all three connected. It's another verse in Philippians, one other one of Paul's letters. Uh, that's really challenging. It's hard. A couple of verses. Don't worry about anything. That's easy. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Never stop praying. See, these things are so connected. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has already done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So I think gratitude is a path to a lot of different things. A lot of different really, really, really good things we want in our life. The two I want to focus on really quickly. Gratitude is a path to peace. Notice what Paul says here. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. When you worry, it's just a signal in your brain saying, pray! Pray! Tell God what you need and thank him. Thank him. Circle that word on your note sheet. Thank him for all he has done. Then you experience what? Help me out. Then you will experience God's, boy, does not that sound great? Doesn't that sound great? who's like, sign me up for more of that in my life. Thank you very much. Yes, I want more of God's peace in my life. We don't get much peace in this. I want God's peace in my life. How do we get that? Don't worry. Pray in your prayers. Thank God. Gratitude is a path that leads us towards peace. We're going to skip ahead two verses. Verse 10. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Content. Gratitude is also a path that leads to contentment. Something we're really bad at in November and December. (laughs) Contentment. This whole section of Paul's letter to the church in Philippi is really about how do we get God's peace and how do we become content? And what we see is gratitude is a huge part of it. Not an American ideal, but a gospel ideal. Contentment. We need it. We have this desire for more, 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 more stuff, 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 stuff. That gives me status. That gives me power. That makes people like me. Stuff, 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 stuff. More, 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 more. Why? Because those more, 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 more brings happiness, right? You hear people say happiness can't, or possessions can't bring you happiness, and people are like, "Have you rode a jet ski?" But our goal in life is not happiness, right? Our goal in life is something bigger, something more important, something more meaningful. Gratitude helps us get there. Gratitude is a path to contentment. We were talking about this with our young adults on Monday night, because I uh, very shamelessly used them for sermon prep. <laughs> and some of them made a great point when they were talk, we were talking about this, this verse. It's not talking about being comfortable. Contentment it's a really important thing where we stop desiring all these other things and we're just thankful for what God has given us. But that doesn't mean we should be always comfortable with where we're at. One of our young adults made a great point. She's like, I want to be content where I'm at, but not comfortable where I'm at. Because I still want to grow. I still want to make progress, to become more like the person God has called me and created me to be. So I want to be content where I stop wanting happiness and I stop wanting all of these other things that the world is trying to give me. And instead, I want a healthy level of discomfort that will help me get to where God wants me to go. And I was like, that is so beautiful. Gratitude helps us be content, not comfortable. I love that. I think contentment, if there's one key to like all of the good things we want in life, all the things that God wants for us in life, I think contentment is that key. A couple of verses later, Paul says one of the most misused verses in the entire Bible where he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, which we normally think he just goes on a football jersey, I can do all things. What Paul's talking about is contentment because Paul knows how hard it is to be content in this life. So Paul's saying, it's possible because I can do all things, meaning I can not win a football game, but I can be Content. Researchers agree that gratitude has a very positive effect on our life. Dr. Robert Emmons, who is a leading gratitude researcher, on some different studies, showed an overwhelming list of benefits for people that are grateful. They said people that are grateful, that say thank you all of the time, pretty much, that's how they did their test. People, they had stronger immune systems. They were less bothered by aches and pains. That seems crazy to me. Just by being grateful, my back will hurt less. They have lower blood pressure. They exercise more. They sleep longer. They're more refreshed when they do wake up. These all sound great, don't they? Higher level of positive emotions. They're more alert, alive, and awake. They have more joy, which is different than happiness. We don't have time to get into all that. More joy and pleasure. More optimism. They're more generous, more compassionate, they're more forgiving, which you learned last week is really important. They're more outgoing, they are less lonely, they are less isolated, and get this, happier. Isn't that ironic? When we stop focusing on being happy, guess what we become? (laughs) Happier. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny. It shouldn't be. But it is. It is. In all of his research, he says gratitude kind of does, there's like two things about gratitude, what gratitude is. Sorry, words are hard today. Gratitude is an affirmation of goodness. So we're just affirming the good things that are in the world. Does not mean life is perfect. It does not mean we ignore the hard things. It does not mean we ignore sadness. Once again, your homework is go watch the movie Inside Out. Great movie. We don't ignore, he says, the complaints, burdens, and hassles of life. When we ignore all of those things, that's when we get into toxic positivity where everything has to be positive all the time or else something is broken in the world. That's not what it means. But it means we identify that there is still good. The second thing is it recognizes where that goodness comes from. This is the one that gets me a little excited. it recognizes that there are sources of goodness that are outside of ourselves because true gratitude involves a quote humble dependence on others in other words to be truly grateful you need to recognize all the good things god has done in the world and you need a community of people to help you see those things Where have I heard that before? I love it when they read all these research things and they just point out things that are already in the Bible. It's like, yep! Recognize God is good. The world sucks. The world is broken. The world hurts. God is good. And you need people. You need community. You need a church of people that are there with you in the bad times with you when life stinks and when it hurts and there to rejoice with you in the good times and in no matter what to just be with you help you recognize that God is good this is the two best ways to practice gratitude this is not a christian research the two best ways to practice gratitude are a gratitude journal so have a prayer journal where you recognize that God is good. Okay, once again, we're just pointing back to the things in the Bible. And, get this, prayer. I love it! All this research pointing back to what God already told us. Gratitude is a path towards peace. Gratitude is a path towards contentment. Gratitude is a path to more meaningful things in life than just fleeting happiness all of those benefits social physical psychological emotional all of those benefits to gratitude another one he says another way to enhance your gratitude one that we work on with our kids a lot is just say thank you all the time just all the time just say thank you to people it's just good for you it's good for them Just say thank you. How hard is that? Get out a journal. Write out some things at the end of the day. Okay, what was good today? What can I be thankful for today? Write it out. And then pray. And in your prayers, start by thanking God. Take off happiness. Put on gratitude. Well, as we close this series, as we wrap up Grave Diggers, we're going to end it how we started it. So in your note sheet, there was an empty blank piece of paper. We're going to bury it. Not a blank piece of paper, because that would be pointless. That's just killing trees. We don't want to do that. Over these last, I don't know how many weeks it's been, because I'm bad at math. We talk about a lot of things we need to take off. Things we need to get rid of. What we're going to do is we're going to take about four minutes. The band's going to come back out, and they're going to play uh, "Play Ten Thousand Reasons" again. And you've got about four minutes between you and God. I mean, you got more than that, but you know what I mean. These next four minutes, specifically for that purpose, if you want, stand up, sing. If you want to sit and just listen to the words, spend some time in prayer, spend some time in gratitude, spend some time listening. Because I'm convinced that there's something in your life that God's like, you need to put it in that bin today. Something you need to get rid of. Something you need to bury so that you can become the you that God created you to be. There's something in your life. Maybe it's a sin struggle. Maybe it's one of the insecurities we talked about taking off. Maybe you've been so focused on happiness, you need to write that down. Maybe there's somebody you need to forgive, and because you're not, you've got this rotting pumpkin of bitterness in your soul. I don't know what it is for you, but I know there's something for you. And if we can be honest and we can be humble, we can open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, he will reveal what it is. I want you to write it on that piece of paper. Fold it all up. Rip it up if you want to. I don't care. Do whatever you want with it. When we're done here today, With their service as you leave, I want you to walk up, figure out a way to do it. You're all smart people. Walk up by one of these two bins and bury it. As a visual that you are done with whatever that thing is, you're going to bury it before it buries you so that you can then focus on an opposite truth and become more of the you that God created you to be. I'm going to pray and the band is going to play 10,000 Reasons. And take this time. Humbly open yourself up to God. And ask Him, what is it for you? What is it for you? God, we love you. We don't deserve you. We don't deserve your love. But we are so grateful for those things. We are grateful that you are a God that cares. You are grateful that you are a God that knows each of us so intimately that you know exactly the thing today that we need to hear. God, I pray your Holy Spirit is so loud and so clear in our heads. We know exactly what step you want us to take today. Exactly what thing to write down, tear up, and bury in the dirt. Speak to us today, Jesus. Amen.